This week on the podcast, we discuss the interrupters. Hey, hey man, hey man. Can, what? Can I do the joke at the beginning? What? Just this once. Can I do the joke? No! Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix, and we are coming to you with another fantastic episode. They're all fantastic. Fantastic. Every week, but you know, ever since I joined the show, (laughs) it's just been banger after banger. (laughs) That's true. Wait a minute. They were all great before. You know, there are some elements there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a couple good things. But you're right. With you, we really. We hit the stride. It's just it's been up nothing but uphill. Um, never a downer. Never a boring episode. Um, all right, RJ, tell us who is joining us this week. We have the fantastic Aton from the Western Standard Time Scott Orchestra as our guest today. Woo! Yeah, what's going on, Aton? Thanks for having me, guys. Good to meet you too. Yeah, we're excited. Um, I'm excited. So you're on the East Coast, correct? I'm on the East Coast just for the summer. I'm hanging out with uh, my wife's family, but uh, I live in L.A. So I was going to say, because I'm like, if you're on the East Coast, it really sort yeah, of... i got to change the name and everything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. How has your summer been so far? It's, you know, I know it just sort of started, but how's it been going? How's this first week of summer? It's great. It was uh, it was interesting. I have two two young ones, and we drove across country. Mm. So that was that was interesting. A lot of a lot of yelling and screaming and crying and and that was just from and, you, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was an eventful uh, eight days to get across, but now now that we're here, we're we're relaxing. They, um, my wife's family uh, lives like right on a lake. It's like in the middle of all this greenery. It's super nice. So awesome. Now, did you stop by any sort of like roadside attraction, like the biggest ball of yarn or anything like that, or anything weird? Um, the closest thing to something exciting was uh, we went to Thomas Edison's birthplace. Okay. In oh, Ohio. that's cool. Yeah, Milan, Ohio, and uh, yeah. Uh, pretty much, we just we just had lunch there outside, and um, it was windy. And my two and a half year old son yelled at the wind and said, "Turn it off." <laughs> so, so that was that was cool. That's funny. It kind of that kind of actually reminds me of, uh, and this this is true. I because I, I've had I've known several Disneyland employees or Disney employees overall, and. I, there was a there was a book written about a Disneyland employee talking about their sort of you know adventures working there and stuff like that. Mm. There are people who believed believe that like Disney controls the weather within the park, and would ask cast members, "When are you going to stop the rain? I don't really like the rain." <laughs> it's like, uh, we we don't like we don't control that it's you're actually outside like that's the one thing we don't control yeah, that's, that's true that's true everything else we control emotions and yeah <laughs> yeah but but not weather yeah i'm i'm honestly i'm surprised they haven't figured out a way to just build a big dome over the thing yeah, they, and, and yeah. <laughs> all right uh, rj how's your sort of week been 
since we last uh, it's it's been uh interesting and a long one don't want to get too much into anything but uh this weekend i went to my favorite restaurant yay, yay. sad news it's their last day Aww. uh they unfortunately are closing uh but good news it's due to a landlord dispute and they're just going to be looking for a new place to open their restaurant again so mm. nice. uh, what is it which one? it's called burger rama best burgers in the valley out here in la um okay. yeah it's just down the street it opened up around the same time i moved to uh, valley village north hollywood area and uh started going there right away and just fell it so many good burgers there matt if you're ever in la and Aton too if you ever come you know yeah. to to the valley i'll take you to wherever their new restaurant is because <laughs> yeah, we're not that know, far from there actually so yeah, yeah it's, it's great that's awesome um but it's uh but so it was nice to go see the 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 young women that run that place one last time and get one last good burger and just hang out with the other people who've been going there for a long time. Um, so like we were waiting in line and everyone's real friendly and happy because they're like, Oh, we love this place. Um, and we love the owners. And we just talking to this uh, lady in front of us. And so then me and my wife go up to pay and the, the woman running this thing was like, Oh, and by the way, your, your lunch has been taken care of. And at first we thought like, Oh, it's cool. Cause you know, she was talking about how, you know, we'd always post on Instagram and help promote the place. And so we thought that's why it was covered. And then she's like, uh, cause the lady in front of you, she, she really enjoyed you too. And your spirit and your kindness and wanted to pay for your, for your lunch, your dinner. And we were like, well, you know, now we just got to pay for the person behind us. You know, we just got to keep this this going. Right. And actually, until they ran out of burgers, that kept going. Everyone kept paying for the person behind them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a very, very spirit of the community, which is another reason why I like that place. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I would be the selfish asshole and like, thanks. And then, yeah. <laughs> stop, the, nope. Stop the chain. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing my wife said. She's like, you know, about. Eight years ago, I would have just been like, awesome, good for me. <laughs> and then later, Thanks. like three hours later, been like, ah, I should have I should have just I passed it on. It. <laughs> yeah, that's always tricky. Like, honestly, I have done stuff like that, but it is sort of tricky. You're like, especially yeah. even like the drive through because you're like, what if the person behind you ordered like $50 worth of food? $60? Well, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> me and my wife thought we were going to like hit it right on because there's only one person in line behind us oh, okay she wasn't in a group but she was ordering for two people so it worked out about the same amount. yeah yeah <laughs> but that's the two you know you know that's fine two people yeah. but it, like yeah. the car behind you is a van with five children in it good luck yeah. <laughs> uh i realized that um t-ball is much harder than you think it is this weekend toddlers um, do it matt how hard can it be <laughs> you, I, you don't know man um i so my uh my cousin she has a kid so i don't know what you call call that is that that's my your second cousin second once cousin removed i yeah. believe yeah so Maybe. um second cousin for sure i'm not sure about the removal so they had a birthday for, party for their their two-year-old and the other stuff to play with and there was you know one of the things out was t-ball and, you know, uh, our family went up and we started playing with it. And even Megan and I could not, like, there were, we eventually did do it. We did hit it. <laughs> but there were times where, like, we just whiffed it. And, like, it was easier for me to take the ball, throw it up in the air, and hit it with one hand than it was to hit it on the tee ball. And I think because actually it was lower than, like. Yeah, I think maybe you're too tall. 
Yeah. Well, you could have extended it, and I just didn't. <laughs> no, well, I, now I'm I blaming probably, you. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I definitely felt, regardless, I still felt, like, pretty stupid. Like, wow, I missed this, like, three times in a row. And Matt, I don't want to make you feel bad, but my two-and-a-half-year-old um, was playing outside um, a couple days ago, and was, and he hit it every time. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to go back. He's actually not that coordinated, so. I <laughs> In fact, he only has one arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, not to yeah. make you feel bad, but <laughs> it's all right. Like, <laughs> I, thought I'd, I thought I'd throw that in. I don't. So. I don't have a high self-esteem or ego much, so it's fine. <clears throat> but yeah, it's just uh, it was a good time, you know, hanging out, and there was uh, cornhole, which I still think is the funniest name for a game. Um, it's, we call it bags. Trust me. I grew up in the Midwest. We all call it bags. Ever since I moved to California, people are like, that's cornhole. Huh? I'm like, why would you call it that? That's what they call it back in the Midwest. I'm like, no, they absolutely do not. It's called bags. <laughs> but you're not throwing bags. Well, I guess you're throwing bean bags. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but cornhole is just funnier. I mean, it is. <laughs> so it reminds me of Beavis and Butthead somehow. It's exactly know. what it yeah, reminds yeah, yeah. me of. Uh, TP for my bunghole. Um, right, exactly. All right, so uh, enough about TP for a bunghole. Uh, let's get to some ska news. Woo! Rude girls and rude boys too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. Yes, ska news, where we tell you about cool ska things that are happening. All right, uh, first up, we have the latest release from Well Done uh, Coyote. Oh, Well Done Coyote. Yeah, yeah. they're good. Um, so they dropped a new single uh, on June 25th uh, called Rude Noise. Um, they do have a few other singles out, uh, but this one uh, dropped last week. It's called Rude Noise. Let's check it out. I hear scribble away. I strum into the night. Moon outside my window. Usher in the night. I'm working the rhymes, putting pen to sheets. I spent most my time now manufacturing the beat. I call on my boys with a tune for them. We're cooking some root noise to purify the air. So come get the round now, saying a troublemaker. Partake in the root noise like they did this in Jamaica. What you learn, just the soul in the fire. <laughs> Feel it burning. I definitely like that one. Yeah, I just found out about them a few months ago, and uh, they just yeah. keep putting out fun singles. So yeah. yeah, so make sure you check them out. Um, next up, we have uh, something from Mason's Party. They uh, are putting out a mini album uh, that comes out July twenty eighth. Uh, it's actually being uh, the vinyl for it is being sold here in america by ska punk international records last week we talked about ska punk international um 
they're another ska podcast and they yeah. also have a record label and um, yeah it's uh dis- distro right now um yeah. so he, he gets in like import records and he gets like a clutch of them and then that yeah. way you can get them without paying high import prices it's pretty pretty nice actually yeah, yeah so um it's so uh we're gonna check out uh the latest single uh from that album the the first single from that album uh it's a song called yummy yummy by mason's party Yeah, they have lots and lots of energy. That band. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, they uh, they put out uh, an EP a couple years ago, and uh, I love it. Um, so there are just a few. The so uh, Chris from Scott Punk International has a limited number of vinyls um, for this. So- Matt, Matt, I'm gonna stop you. It's it's just vinyl. There's no. It's not plural of vinyls. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm you sorry. were born in the '70s. You should know this. <laughs> yeah, but by the time I was like listening to music, like um, vinyl was dead. Matt, you absolutely were. We're the same age. I think you're a year older than me. That's not yeah. true. <laughs> when I was buying album like cassette tapes and then CDs, vinyl I vinyls weren't in record stores. Where where I grew up, I still have now. If you, I didn't go to Tower Records a whole lot. Tower Records definitely did. Well, I didn't. They didn't have Tower Records where I grew up. (laughs) Fancy West Coast pop. Yep, pretty much. Um, So I'm sorry. There's only a limited number of vinyl. Um, uh, Actually, I take that back. This is actually not on vinyl. It's actually on CD. As I check my (laughs) as I check my notes. So there's a little limited number of the CDs. I mean, I come on the show expecting you to know how to read, Matt. <laughs> oh, I do know how to read. I just didn't read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I assumed, because speaking of vinyl, that refers to our next band we're going to talk about. Uh, the JB Conspiracy. Um, <sighs> I love them so much. Uh, so happy this record's coming out. Uh, well, it's technically the album's already streaming well, online. but Yes, yes. You this, can get it digitally, but yes. physically... This one uh, you can also get on vinyl. Yeah. Uh, there's also a limited number of vinyl uh, for this coming from Scott Punk International. Um, as of what I looked up today, uh, there's two variants for it. Um, a, a blue and white splatter and a blue puddle on clear. Um, and so there's nine left of the blue and white and then 12 left of the um, blue puddle on clear. So, uh, yeah, check those out. Get those from Ska Punk International Records. And let's check out the uh, let's check out a song from the JB, JB Conspiracy called Falling Down. Falling Down. 
I, I did listen to the album, and yeah, it's it's amazing. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, make sure you check those out. RJ, I do know you have some other things to mention. Um, do you want to? Oh. Do you want to uh, talk yeah, about those? Surprise! I know you know. <laughs> I see, getting me off guard, man. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, we mentioned it uh, a long time ago when they first announced it, but the Scott Pones are finally going to be releasing their seven-inch single for their song "Eyes of a Child," and that is going to be out on the thirtieth. And speaking of the Scapones, they actually just collaborated with the Scottish ska punk band Big Fat Panda, and they did a cover of 500 Miles that they're putting out through the Specialized Project. So that gives money, of course, to charity. Uh, and that came out last Friday. So if you want to go to Bandcamp, look up uh, Big Fat Panda or Scapones, you'll find it. Buy it. Money goes to teen cancer charities, and it's fantastic. I love everything to do with the Specialized Project. So uh, check that out, too. Awesome. Also, yeah. before we uh, we head out of Ska News, just a reminder, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, you can sign up. It's $4 a month. You get two bonus episodes. Um, RJ drops once a month a um, comic book podcast. A book club. Uh, yeah. Uh, with Gary from the Backyard Superheroes, I interview people, and we do a deep dive on one of their songs, about the writing, about the themes of the song. This week... Uh, just to give you a heads up, I will be talking with Tara from Half Past Two about the band's uh, song Bitter. So uh, a lot of personal background stuff on that song and about... For such a short song, too. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to hear a lot of uh, infighting wow. band information. Jeez. <laughs> and you're going to hear some drama. Uh, but just know everything's all good. But yeah, make sure you check that out. You can you can uh, find our Patreon page at Patreon dot com slash on the upbeat ska and like i said four dollars a month two extra episodes um and access to a facebook page private facebook page and maybe the occasional zoom hangout we we've done one if so you're far. good if you're good no, you're just good. kidding all right let's move on rj yeah. yes yes matthew well why don't you tell why don't you because I always feel like we need to do a deep dive sometimes on our 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 guest and the. Um, oh, you can just ask him. He's sitting right there, very politely. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Western Standard Time? Western Standard Time Scott Orchestra. Where to begin? It is a it is a orchestra. It is like a big band. Uh, it's a bunch of members. Um, they used to just uh, do uh, big band arrangements of Scatolite songs, but they've grown from there. Uh, they are one of those bands that I, I think you can just put on and enjoy uh, because if you like Scott, you, you will like them. Um, yeah, I, I one time I was listening to him in the car, and my, my wife actually, and she knows I listen to Scott and Scott Punk and all kinds of Scott all the time. Uh, I was listening to Western Standard Time, and she said, why are we listening to lounge music? I didn't think you were in a lounge music mood right now. I was like, no, no, listen, listen. And she's like, oh, oh, I get it. It's still Scott. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife had thought you'd gone off the deep end, right? Well, no, she knows I like lounge, but she knows I don't listen to it as often as I do Scott, especially when I'm driving around. Like, that's that's more Scott, like, you know, lounge music and Exotica. That's more about, you know, hanging out at home. Uh, so, so, yeah, no, that's 
that's what they're about. Like to me, it's about this big band kind of ska fusion thing. And I, I adore it. I think it's great stuff. Awesome. So before we get into band stuff, um, tell us how you got into um, ska music, like first ska shows for ska albums. Yeah. So um, I'd say if you go back a little bit before ska, I was really into Jamaican music uh, already. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cousin, who's just a couple years older than me, uh, gave me a gift for my birthday. I was like 12 or something. And right. she gave me uh, two, two tapes. Uh, one was a Bob Marley tape, Uprising, and then King Yellow Man by uh, Yellow Man. And that kind of got me interested in sort of the Jamaican thing. And I was really, really into reggae. So mm-hmm. I was into reggae pretty much throughout my, all my teens until like 17, 18. Um, one of my friends, Andy, um, hit me up and it was like, you got to check this out. There's, there's old stuff by Bob Marley I just got in this box set. So I just started hearing some of the old stuff from Bob Marley uh, and found out later that, uh, you know, that was actually all the Skylights were his backing band. And uh, that kind of got me sort of, uh, you know, interested in figuring out, you know, what was going on before reggae. Um, so that kind of set the stage for me to kind of know about Jamaican ska. Right. Um, but the way I got into ska was I was in college and um, there was this place called the Ant Hill Pub at UC Irvine. That's where I went to school in, in Orange County. And... Um, the band Mobtown played. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys know Mobtown. I'm sure you uh, know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they played there, and I was like, man, this band is so incredible. Two trumpets. It's like all these horns. It's like <laughs> super great rhythms. And it was a little different than what I kind of imagined um, from the old Bob Marley stuff. It was just a little different. They, they had a different twist on it. And uh, I went up to Robert, one of the trumpet players in the band, after, after I just wanted to talk to them. I'd had a you know, a few beers. So I was feeling a little bit more social and I was like, I'm going to go up to the band. I'm going to talk to them. So, um, I said, man, I love your band. Um, do you guys know of any similar bands in the sort of Orange County LA area? That's maybe looking for a trumpet player. Just give them my number. Here's my number. So a couple of uh, weeks later, I got hit up by Tommy. Who's the, the, the head person at the Allentons, mm-hmm. another kind of trad ska band from LA. And he's like, uh, do you want to come in for an audition? We're, we're going to be rehearsing in East L.A. in Commerce. And uh, we like, we'd love to kind of try you out. So uh, I played, and after, like, the second song, they're like, do you want to be in the band? We're, you, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the my introduction. To, and that was, like, in 90, 97, I think, um, was when I started playing in that traditional ska scene in L.A. And then, you know, it kind of went from there. Yeah. How did you uh, come to start playing the trumpet? Yeah, so um, I was going to elementary school. I was in fourth grade, and they had like a a woodwind brass um, small chamber group that came in to kind of play for us to kind of get us excited about playing band instruments. And uh, I was just like enthralled by the trumpet. I was like, man, this trumpet player is incredible. The sound is amazing. It's it's exciting. It's loud. You know, I was like, I want to play that. So, um, yeah, I started playing in fourth grade in elementary school and then played elementary, middle school, high school, and then into college. And then I pretty much played ska um, 
and similar kinds of music to to pay my way through college. I, I played gigs all the way from like seventeen on. So, so how did uh, Western Standard Time Scott Orchestra uh, get their start? Yeah, so um, I'd had a couple other groups that were sort of similar. I'd always wanted to kind of straddle the the ska and jazz worlds because yeah. I. I as a horn player, a lot of I think a lot of horn players uh, can relate to this. That you know you maybe start with jazz and then you hear about ska and then you want to do that because it's exciting and fun and yeah. all that. But there are also some people that literally and I had a few students that I've, I've taught over the years that literally were like, I want to play in a ska band. I want to learn the trumpet. Oh, wow. Like mm. like literally like that's what they wanted to do. Then that's why they wanted to learn that instrument because they wanted to be in a ska band yeah but um pretty much what the way it worked out was i had um full spectrum which was a band right after i was with the allentons that was like a ska jazz group but it was like you know seven eight people um it was all original stuff like stuff that i wrote for the most part i was the band lead for that and then i had kingston ska collective which was sort of like essentially like a true Scottalites cover band. Mm -hmm. Like we played mm -hmm. ska um, with the same seven to eight piece, you know, four piece horn section, um, stand up bass. We pretty much were like trying to play the Scottalites the way the Scottalites did it. And then we got some kind of like backing gigs, um, backing up like Jamaican legends that came in. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so, um, so that was sort of like the precursors of the Western standard time idea. So it didn't just kind of like come out of nowhere. I'd already been playing for a good, almost 20 years in the scene before that happened. All right. Um, but I was on tour and I was, um, on the tour bus coming back from Vegas, back to LA. And I was listening, um, on my headphones, I was listening to a, one of the Scottalites albums that I had yeah. on, on, uh, you know, like a, a Walkman, you know, like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. old Discman. I this, yeah. yeah, I think this was even pre like iPods and all that stuff. So yeah. I was, anyway, I was listening to it and I was just kind of like, you know, looking at whatever the desert or wherever I was looking at, <laughs> kind of like zoning out. And I'm like, man, wouldn't it be cool to hear this exact music with like three times more horns, how powerful <laughs> and exciting and thick and, you know, uh, interesting that would be and i was like what would that sound like you know like i thought to myself like i just wanted to imagine it and then um i had this idea i'd been working with uh, a bunch of different musicians at the time and i i had a really good friend benny golbin who um was a super great arranger um really great jazz mind and you know really great sax player and a good close friend of mine i said you know i i want to hire you as an arranger and I want, and I gave him 10 songs and I mm -hmm. said, arrange these for a big band. And I sat on those for a good six months and those 10 songs ended up being our first album. So mm -hmm. volume one were, were those 10. Yeah. Um, so after about six months, I was doing a recording session at the studio where Brian Wallace, a uh, dub robot, uh, worked in, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. He was also, he was a professor for mixing and stuff in the Hollywood recording something i can't remember the exact name but anyway i was in the studio there and um it was after the session and i said you know i've got this idea for a band and i don't want it to just sit 
in my, you know, in my drawer. I want, I want to use these, um, these arrangements and record them and maybe even play shows. Who knows? And he said, so then this is kind of Brian in a nutshell. He's like, well, what's stopping you from doing that? <laughs> do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? <laughs> so he was definitely the catalyst to kind of get the ball rolling and make it happen. Um, he had a lot of connections. He also um, knew how to mix and record and all that stuff. And then we, we contacted our good friend, Brian Dixon, Boom Boom Dixon from the Agrolites. Yeah. And we thought, okay, this is a real team to make this happen. Uh, so Brian ended up doing a lot of the recording and mixing. Um, and Brian Wallace was sort of like, he was involved in kind of both sides, like the, the getting the musicians part, but right. also the hype. And he was really technical. So he helped me with the original videos and he, our first, first show at Hollywood and Highland, he actually recorded live, which we never, oh, wow. we never released that. Um, so it's somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> I, he's got it somewhere on a hard drive somewhere. Um, so yeah, um, between Brian Dixon, Brian Wallace and me, we produced, um, that first album it took us a good seven, eight months to actually land a gig because it was a, a band that had never existed before, but I couldn't pay for, you know, for 20 five musicians to, to play, I needed to get like a good opportunity. And we hit up, um, a contact of ours that did uh, Hollywood and Highland. He was, and he had done stuff at the Hollywood bowl. He was, he was a really good kind of promoter and stuff. And he said, we'll take a chance with you. We're going to play this. Uh, and we played it at K it was a K jazz, um, series, hmm. like a jazz series, but right. a lot of Scott people and everybody was dancing. And th so the, the pr promoters were like, what is happening? Everybody usually goes <laughs> down, you know, to to watch, yeah, watch yeah, yeah. jazz bands, and everybody's like going nuts, dancing in the in the aisles and bumping into people, and it was a big big party, and a lot of people like guys from Hepcat were there. Um, all these people that don't normally really come out to shows were all all in the crowd there. It was a free show, and it was Man. a really big success. So that kind of was like, we got to keep doing this. So. Awesome. <laughs> Anyways, I, I hope my answers aren't too long. I don't know if you're looking for two to three sentences <laughs> no, or like totally fine. You need to no. babble. Yeah. Until no. you feel no. you've answered the question sufficiently, <laughs> like that's what we're looking for. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you you hold the role as like band leader, correct? In the band? Yes. So what, what does it mean? Because uh, you talked about someone else having like doing the arrangements and some stuff like that. What it, what does band leader mean for for your band? Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, that office space thing. It's like, what do you do here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so it, I would say the band leader. I'm constantly busy, even when we're not playing shows. Right. Um, I am. Well, I'm executive producer, so I pay for everything. Right. So that's one thing I have to yeah. find ways to actually pay the musicians and pay the recording studios and the mixer, you know, the mixing engineer and the mastering and, yeah. you know, the pressing and all that stuff. So I'm the, I'm the money bags of it, um, <laughs> which I've spent way too much money into this, <laughs> in this band. Um, so, uh, but anyway, that's part of it. But um, I'm essentially curating musicians 
I don't just take anybody that wants to play in the band. Like there was a long waiting list of musicians that when they heard the buzz and there's like, Oh, this is going to happen. I was getting hit up constantly by text, phone call. Uh, oh, I bet. Yeah. Everything like messages on Facebook. That was when we were first kind of getting on Facebook, but people were hitting me up constantly um, wanting to be a part of this because they heard that this was an all-star group and the best of the best, the cream of the crop um, mm. were, were yeah. being told to do this thing. Um, so that's a big part of it. And, you know, when we do these tours, like if we played in Europe, my whole thing was organizing all the shows, um, getting the musicians to to be in the right place at the right time because we had to have a lot of subs. I have to send all the charts to everybody. So, um yeah, there's a lot of work. And then I also – it's a, it's a one-man show in that, like, I do the I, – I do the videos now, and I mm-hmm. um, get – I pick what songs we do, and then I do some of the arranging, and then I also um, um, I also write the tunes now. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm constantly working. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because yeah. it's, you know, in the – I was just thinking, like, the reason I sort of asked the question is because, like, sometimes we talk about uh, bands and and individual uh, members and their roles in the band and what that means. You know, some people, like, you know, do the songwriting and all that stuff, and then other people, like, handle the merch. So, like, that's why, because I know, you know, your band isn't a traditional band, even within the ska scene, in in the fact that you do seem to have a rotating roster of people that sort of make themselves available. Um, So it's not a traditional band that we normally talk about. So that's why it's like, Uh, like as a a, band leader. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a core group. Sure. But for the most part, I don't want to bother them with all that stuff because I don't have the money to pay them. Right. And it's not that kind of a, a, a feeling where it's like everybody, um, is all in in that way because everybody's everybody's a professional musician. So even somebody that's like super into the group, they're also taking other gigs. Yeah. So oh, it's, yeah. it's like yeah. you know if we have a touring situation and the drummer can't make it, like Corey can't make it because he's got his own tour, his own stuff going on. I have to find a replacement for him that knows this music and can play it as well as as the he he can right. or at least close to it. Um, but same thing with. You know, the berry player, I mean, it's it's uh, 12 horns, 12 to 14 horns. So, um, yeah, it's, there's a, a lot of that stuff. But also more recently, um, I learned how to do, like, video editing. So I'm doing the videos for us also. Um, and in terms of merch, I actually go to L.A., buy the blank shirts, take it to the printer, pick it up from the printer. If somebody orders it, I email them back. I, I also wrap it into the box and I take it to, you know, yeah. like I do it. I pretty much, I do it all at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the guys pretty much what my hope is, is that they just show up and play their asses off. That's pretty much, that's, yeah. that's all I really expect from my, from my guys. So, <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. That's a good leader right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just sort of, like you said, it's not this, um, like a tradition traditional band that everyone's gung-ho on this one project you know you have people who want to be working musicians and as we all know if you're just 
in one project at all times, you know, uh, that doesn't always go as fast. So sometimes you got to like play other yeah, things. There's yeah. an element of me that is a little bit of a control freak in that, like, I don't, I want it to be done when it needs to be done and not mm-hmm. wait, you know, for, right. for all those, you know, for them to be as serious as I am about it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all of us, including myself, I was in the Allentons and we would rehearse twice a week. We would play shows for almost no money. The, the, the little money that each guy got went into the band fund to, in order right. to press that. And I, we were all, you know, Brian Wallace was in Mobtown, uh, C-Spot, like, they did that. Brian Dixon was in the, in the Agrolites. They lived, ate, and breathed, breathed that that stuff. So we we'd all lived that. But I think at this point, you know, we're in our forties. Most of us, yeah. um, we're just in a different life stage. Sure. So yeah. um, I don't expect people to just like drop everything. I have to pay, you know, everybody to do to do everything, and that's the way, the way I would be wanted to be treated at this point in my life. That like, if you want my services. That's that's what what you got to do. You got to pay. So right, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so uh, Western Standard Time recently dropped um, an EP, two song EP. Um, it's and it's and it's on vinyl, correct? As well. Yes. Yeah. What, pretty much everything that we do, we, we at least have an, a vinyl option. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what can you tell us about the, this EP? Yeah, so um, we recorded our first and second album in 2011, 2012, and then like the second one was in 2015, mm-hmm. and we hadn't recorded, we hadn't released anything for five years, and we actually at the beginning of the the uh, pandemic, we decided, and actually I'd already decided to do it before the pandemic, but then it happened. I was like, we're gonna still do it, <laughs> right? So uh, we recorded um, three songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in 2020, and we released it on vinyl. It's still available on our website. Um, one was Unshackled, this like traditional ska um, AB, so Unshackled on one side and then Bedouin ska on the other. That was released in 2020. And then um, kind of a, more of a, like a reggae vibe on the second one called Tunnel Vision. Um, so those went really well. We were really happy with the production um, and, you know, was received really well. Like people really liked it and dug it and sold, sold well. So we were like, we're like, let's do this again. Right. So, um, I rounded up a little bit more, uh, cash. Um, and we ended up recording 12 songs. Um, about, we just ended like probably three, four months ago, the the recording process of those 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and we released two of them on the ones you're talking about. So those are actually um, available for pre-order, and we, sh- we should get them hopefully late August, early September. I put on our website September because I don't want people to be disappointed. Right. But there's a chance we might get them a little earlier, I hope. Yeah. But everybody is recording, so vinyl is taking longer than normal. Yeah. yeah. It keeps getting worse. It's more and more compacted. So, yeah. um, so anyways, those, we got those test pressings um, about a month or so ago, maybe a little over a month ago. So those are on schedule. And we have those um, on on the A side. It's Malcolm X, uh, which is if you don't know Malcolm X, Malcolm X was um, a cover that the Scottalites did of an original jazz tune by Lee Morgan called Sidewinder. Mm. So it was originally a jazz like mainstream jazz tune by uh, 
by uh, Lee Morgan, uh, but they they named it side one. Uh, yeah, uh, Malcolm X. So that we put that one on the A side, and the B side is Skaba. Uh, we call it Skaba because that's the way the Jamaicans say it, but uh, it's Ska Boss. And I know some bands have covered that that tune before. Yeah. Um, so that's and those are, that's available in classic black and then also a, a really limited run of just 100 copies there's just a few left um in bone white so like kind of off white yeah awesome yeah. so uh we're gonna listen to malcolm x right now and uh yeah and then we'll chat afterwards all right let's check out this song malcolm x by western standard time ska orchestra <laughs>
so awesome. question did anybody listening go and order the seven inch and the upcoming album right away uh when they were like because that's what i did by the way check your email Aton. i totally uh put in the order <laughs> I, that's not a lie i totally was like wait there's a vinyl because i bought the Bandcamp version i had no idea and i saw yeah. i saw the next one I, I yeah i see the order right now oh. yeah it's under my government name not my fancy <laughs> podcast name <laughs> oh, I, see. I know you then i was like i was like man i feel like i should know this person i do know you yeah I've ordered <laughs> your real you. name yeah <laughs> nice yeah that's great that's thank a, you it's awesome yeah no problem and, and i see you actually you you got our both colored vinyl yeah i saw that colored vinyl yeah. vinyl bundle man i'm yeah. yeah so i was gonna say you got this is the first time anybody would know about this that um the other 10 songs, I remember I was saying that we recorded 12. Right. The two are, are already on pre-order and ready to ship in September. Um, but we're going to be announcing the pre-order of the new LP. So this is actually all original stuff um, with two surprise uh, guest vocalists in there uh-huh. um, that I think everybody will, will love. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's my favorite album so far. So I'm really, really excited about it coming out. Um, so yeah, that's that's also in the pipeline. So nice. awesome. So sitting and listening to the song, um, you know, and I, I marvel at jazz in a lot of ways because it makes sense out of chaos sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. like it, like things that you don't imagine are going to work together, but you end up really digging and listening to, and I've actually listened to the song like a couple times, you know, um, but it's like just hearing things that you didn't hear before and the way it's like, it's, uh, very interesting the way it's layered and things you didn't pick up on. You all of a sudden notice just this little like horn rhythm in the background that's sort of like just hitting the beat and you know, the piano, the way it like wasn't there, but then it's all of a sudden there and it's like the thing, it probably was there a lot and you just somehow it just like appears there to be the thing you really <laughs> notice more than anything else. Like yeah. it's really, and <laughs> because it sounds chaotic, but it's, then comes across structured as like something to dance to and music to enjoy. But, uh, yeah, I, that's, I've, I've joked. I've, I'm going to be honest. Cause maybe there's a recording out there or something where I've made fun of jazz music for, yeah. you know, a couple times. Cause it's a lot to make fun of, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, also I had a, so like, um, I had, uh, when I turned 30, uh, my friends threw a, like they roasted me. Like they threw a roast for me. And of oh, course, wow. and of course, so when you're roasted, you know, you get to end the thing by roasting everyone else, right? So I got up there and one of uh, my friends is a jazz, um, she was a jazz musician and she played the flute. Uh, and her husband, oh gosh, I can't remember what he played. I think he actually played the saxophone, but I was making fun of both of them. And the, what I said is, uh, this is this is going to get me in a lot of trouble, but I'm going to say the joke anyway. Oh, Matt, <laughs> you're treading on thin ice. I said, I said, 
Um, you know why jazz music doesn't have any lyrics? Because they're all too high to write words. <laughs> so it's just like... And it makes no sense when you really think I just needed to make fun of them. So, yeah. Um, that could be any musician in any genre. That is absolutely right. <laughs> that's absolutely true. It's not specific to jazz, for sure. It's absolutely right. It is not specific to jazz. Just ask the Rolling Stones. Yes. it was <laughs> For me, it was just a way to point out that, like, the thing I generally... Like, I tend to identify with music, with lyrics, and the, a singer, because, like, um, that's just, like, the closest thing I can do well in music is sing. So... That's like just how I sort of identify. So it was just my way of poking the bear. Um, so yeah, I don't really, I don't re let the people have to realize. Yeah, I know sometimes there's a little bit of truth in jokes, but for the most part, I don't really think less of jazz musicians. I actually do think they're a lot better than 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 most other like you know traditional like rock. Band. Yeah, but there, ah. there, there is definitely a uh, a learning curve though. You know, having jazz musicians. Um, jazz musicians start playing ska there, there's there's definitely a feel thing yeah and a vibe thing that um doesn't necessarily just come to every jazz musician so it definitely uh you have yeah. to know the music to be able to play it right you know? yeah yeah so it's definitely a skill to learn i'm sure yeah. um awesome all right um so um so what do uh non-ska fans experience when seeing the band uh what would you guess is their first thought when they they have uh of the band as yeah a let's ska say band? let's say i brought my wife to the show she's not a big ska fan uh well not 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 a big you know she doesn't hate it she lives <laughs> with me obviously yeah. but you know but she, she she comes to the show with me what do you think her reaction would be first thought seeing you yeah, I mean, really, I think it just comes more from like what the person is experienced with, where they come yeah. from. So like if they are familiar with big band jazz, they'll say, oh, this is an interesting take on big band jazz. Right. Yeah. But like ska musician would be like, oh, definitely ska. And I'm hearing ska delights in there. I'm hearing traditional ska, mm -hmm. late 50s, early 60s, Jamaica stuff. But then I'm also hearing this other stuff. But, you know, so it, I think it really depends on how grounded they are in both of the styles. Because there's also some stuff that we do that kind of sounds like a mambo orchestra. Mm, you know, yeah. we've done like Peanut Vendor on our second album. It totally sounds like, you know, like a rip off of like Cuban music. Um, so it really depends on sort of where that person is the most comfortable. And then they kind of like extrapolate from there and go like, oh, okay, well... I know this, and they're kind of like that, but they're also this other thing. But really, my hope is that we bring uh, two worlds together, you know, where, like, it's like you have this jazz world, and they're all jazz enthusiasts, and then you've got these ska fans over here, and then kind of bridging that gap where you have, like, ska fans that end up going like, oh, jazz isn't so bad. Right. And then, they, you know... And then they start learning about like Lee Morgan or, you know, somebody else that that honestly, the original ska guys from from Jamaica were ska enthusiasts. I mean, that's really where it came from. Um, the ska that more people are, are familiar with, like the third wave ska or second wave ska, um, 
took that original ska stuff from the, from like the Scottalites in Jamaica and then mel- melded it with like with punk or or other stuff. Yeah. So it has a sort of mix. That's why it's, I think ska is such an, a hard thing to kind of pinpoint because you've got such a wide umbrella to cover and ska doesn't mean the same thing to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, um, and that's why I also, we like playing, like, uh, you were mentioning before the show, um, RJ, that, um, you first saw us or heard of us playing at a Boston show. Yeah. Boston interrupters. interrupters. Yeah. And yes, we're all ska bands, but, our take on ska is very different, but what we were hoping was um, to capture fans like yourself yeah, sure. that were grounded in one world and going like, oh, okay. And I think also like the, the band, the Steady 45s also do that. And the Delirians yeah. were doing that too. They would play like all punk ska shows mm-hmm. and they would be like the only traditional bands. And then they would get a lot of fans because there were some people that are like, you know, this is a little too fast for me. I like it, but man, this, this stuff really grooves, you know. Yeah. Not, not, and hopefully they won't leave the other love, sure. but yeah. they'll just have a, a broader palette of like, okay, I like this, this, and that. Yeah. So that's that's the hope. Yeah, but I've been you know listening to Scott since I was about fourteen, and I'm uh, forty three now. And yeah, when it started off, oh, it was ska punk. It definitely was. It was boss tones. It was real big fish. It was all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then as I grew, I was like, okay, what? What else? What else? Who? Who do the boss tones like? And like, oh, you know, Dickie's always talking about madness and the specials and stuff. Like, I gotta go check that stuff out. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, what did these guys? Are? Oh, they're the specials covered some Prince Buster. Who's this guy? You know. Yeah. And it just it just keeps snowballing. And now after you know being into it almost twenty years, like. I absolutely love it like yeah. just like the whole thing like so it's really hard when i tell people like I, oh yeah i love scots probably my favorite genre of music is favorite music and seeing what they think i mean when i say that's always very interesting too yeah yeah and connect connected to that um one of the cool things about la is that there's this really i think oc was really grounded in the punk ska thing and they made it huge you know right. all these big bands real big fish and just all those bands that came out of that scene but la there was a different vibe with hepcat and yeah. um ocean 11 uh, c spot all these bands that like were really trying to push it back even further um and not to say one was better than the other but we were definitely two distinct scenes sure and hepcat was also good at playing you know back and forth. But one, one thing, the reason I'm bringing that up is, um, a lot of the promoters in LA, um, had it in their minds that they're like, we're going to bring these old Jamaican legends into LA and have people not just listen to the bands like us that were trying to emulate that, but actually go back to the source. So we had all these amazing artists like, um, Phyllis Dillon and Derek Morgan. And, uh, we, and, a lot of the bands that I played with, I had the privilege and pleasure of backing up Prince Buster and all these nice. incredible Derek wow. Morgan, like four times, Eric Monty Morris, all these, all these people that we thought weren't even around anymore. And luckily some of these people um, passed away, like literally like a couple of years after yeah. we were able to, to right. work with them. So it was a, a real gift. Um, but a tangent from that, um, you were mentioning the Boston's, 
um, that show that you, uh, it was kind of weird because we weren't that established yet. I'm not that many people really knew about us at that point. And I got hit up. I don't even remember whether he had my phone number or if he hit me up on Facebook, but Joe Gittleman from who's kind of like Dickie is definitely like the face and one of the masterminds, but Joe Gittleman is sort of like the, the, you know, the person, the man behind the band. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) Pulling all the strings and making it all happen. And so he, he contacted me directly and said, we want you to open up for us on these two shows in Hollywood and in Vegas. And Vegas was too complicated and expensive for me. So I was like, we definitely want to do LA. And he was saying, he goes, I'm a big fan of you guys. Um, I really like what you're doing. It's really unique. We totally dig your stuff. We want to be involved. And um, he um, he actually hired me through Jay Bonner. I don't know if you know Jay Bonner, but the ba- yeah. the original bass player from the Agrilites, who okay. also now works for Hellcat and uh, Tim Armstrong and all that yeah. stuff. So he he referred me to Joe Gittleman to uh, record on their not not like three albums ago. 2011. Okay. Not 2011. 2012, 2013, something like that. Um, So I actually recorded on their three last three albums. And it just kind of shows that like how connected we really are. The scene seems totally separated, but there's a love that happens. And we're like super good friends at this point. You know, the whole band is like, they're really close friends to me and my wife. And um, they're really sweet guys. And it's, uh, and I remember watching them on MTV. Like when I was you know, they're a little bit older than I am, I'm, yeah. I'm 46. So um, they were a little bit older than me. And I remember watching them on MTV. I'm like, man, these guys are killing it. And I love the horns and all this stuff. And I'm like in the studio with them. Like, it's just kind of really surreal that like, I actually got to meet them in the end. And it just seems like the the scene is smaller than it's it it feels like it's this big thing, but it's actually much smaller than you think. Yeah, I have personally kind of noticed that a lot of the lines drawn between this style of ska and this style of ska and stuff kind of comes from fans. It it doesn't really. Yeah, of course, I'm sure individuals have their individual jealousies about certain band success. It's not so much wrapped up in the style as much as it wrapped up in maybe the content or how they got success, successful or whatever. But like, but some of the lines drawn about styles is actually just coming from fans, and the bands really just you know are trying to do their best. and And there does seem to be, um, I know, uh, um, Jer from Scott Punk Daily talked not Scott Punk Daily, but uh, Scott Tune Network. Network. Scott Tune Network. So many yeah. scob things <laughs> um, flying around, but uh, they're a big advocate for like having shows with different styles on them and not just always playing yeah. the same show. And, and, you know, and so, yeah, I think. And it's sad that I've seen people around our age and bands criticize them for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they want to play shows with bands that aren't even ska bands. How dare they? Like, and yeah. I'm just like, I, when I used to go to ska shows, there, there wasn't always all ska bands. Yeah. Sometimes there's like weird bands like my stupid band would play. Yeah, we have horns, but we weren't ska band. We'd have mm. power pop bands play with the ska bands. You know, yeah. we'd have like a alt rock, like all girl group play. Yeah. 
a ska yeah. band than a power pop band. and like and that was great you know it's it's i yeah, like I mean, that if you talk if you talk to me you talk to i know greg lee feels this way i've talked to him about this um when i talked to brian dixon about it they on purpose put themselves in a situation that was slightly uncomfortable to be able to be exposed because they had enough confidence in what they were doing that they're, they're like, we are going to gain fans because we're good. Yeah. Right. And, and not everybody has these preconceived notions of like, I like this. I do not like that. They're, they're kind of a little bit open. Like if they actually like a song, they're going to buy it. You yeah, know, no, nobody no. judges what's on your iPod, or, you know, on, on, you know, on your, at that, you know, at the time iPod, yeah. but like, you know, in your, in your library. Yeah. It's for you. It's, it's your own personal, yeah. you know, theme music for your life. So you pick what you like. And, um, that's actually one of the, the reasons I think why, um, you know, the Vans warp tour and all that stuff mm-hmm. was so great for bands because they were put in front of different yeah, different people, you know, with different tastes that that had that kind of open mind where they're like, okay, I'm going to follow them now. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got into flogging Molly, and I was just trying to see real big fish, to be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I come back, and I was like, oh, I like flogging Molly now, just because I saw them on a warp tour. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why they have opening bands. It yeah. isn't just to fill up time. Right. <laughs> you know, they want to they want to be in front of the crowd of the of the headliner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Never tell you, RJ, uh, that someone one time tried to convince me. This is years ago. Someone All tried right. to convince me that Flogging Molly was a ska band. Oh yeah, no, never heard that one. That's. Uh, it was well. I mean, <laughs> I was like, no, just no. no. I think they were just. Because they do have a punk sound, definitely. But yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. kind of like, I think you're confusing ska and punk. And I, I do get why, you know, ska punk. And... If, if all you know from ska is ska punk, yeah. <laughs> sure, but I'm like, still no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so sort of one last uh, question. Um, what do you think, or why do you think ska has such a hard time staying... Uh, a part of the mainstream music industry. Because, like, I think about, like, things like, you know, hip-hop. And obviously hip-hop had had its sort of growth period of where it wasn't. It was popular, but not quite in the mainstream. I mean, I don't even think the first rap Grammy happened until, like, 89 or something like that. Who cares about the Grammys? (laughs) But I'm just saying, like... It's still mainstream, but, and, um, so, and, but Scott, uh, but rap had been around since like the seventies really. And, um, so, but why do you think Ska has such a hard time just sort of, and I'm not saying it needs to be this like gigantic explosion, but it just stays existing and continuing, you know, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, this is a great question. Um, and it probably that my answer, I have quite a few possible answers. Um, I think one, one reason is, uh, and this is just sort of one possibility of it. Sure. Answer. Sure. So, um, cause I, I don't, I don't claim to, uh, 
have the solution for Scott's <laughs> downfall. But um, one one of the things that I think about is Scott never made it big. Um, even when it first originated, they were trying really hard. Jamaica was trying really hard to create this new kind of fad mm-hmm. that was happening, like in the U.S. with rock and roll and all yeah. that stuff. And they're like, "We've got it. We got Scott." And people kind of like were lukewarm. They're like, "Man, pretty good." And it never really took off. It pretty much died within a few years, and it never really grabbed. Right. You know, like my boy Lollipop was probably like the biggest thing that happened because it yeah. kind of made it over to the U.S. market and all that right. stuff. But it's, it was considered sort of like an underground um, sort of genre. Never, re- It was supposed to get hyped big time and it just sort of like fell flat. Right. And, and the pe- people in Jamaica will tell you this, the same thing. Um, and I think for the most part, the, the the genres that get sort of folded into ska were also underground scenes. Like punk was never really this pop thing. Yeah. It it always stayed sort of like in that underground yeah. thing. And I think there's a reason why people kind of dig that. You know, that they're part of a subculture. Right. I think there's this sort of like this feeling of like, oh, you you're you're just gonna sell out. You know, you're selling bubblegum, blah, blah, blah. It's useless. Like, there's sort of this, like, this feeling of whatever's really popular is kind of worthless. Mm. Even though it's popular and it sells well. But if you talk to the general public, they'll be like, oh, that's crap. You know, yeah. like, Ariana Grande, bleh, whatever. But, um, so I think people kind of take pride in that sort of, like, this is an exclusive club. Sure. And that we're not, we're different. And I think it also attracts a different type of a person that kind of like is more inclusive and sort of like has a certain uh, kind of mentality. I think overall, ska and reggae artists, for the most part, are kind of probably leaning left politically too. Sure. Like there's just sort of like a, you know, that's sort of like inclusive, you know, like the underdog kind of vibe where like you go to a show and you're like, you don't feel judged that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that comes with that sort of underground scene and feeling yeah. not part of, cause like, I think if you were like completely blown up, you wouldn't feel really a part of it, you know? Sure. Um, whereas like you feel like you're in a more tightly knit community that has, has similar ideas and thinking sure. that you feel like, you know, that person, even though you, you go to a ska show in New York you're still going to feel like I can walk in there and, and not get vibed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. So well, that, that's, that's yeah. like the, my main answer. I, I could probably say other things that will probably get me in trouble, but <laughs> well, cause like, it's interesting, like, because reggae, I think has sort of hit mainstream and has sort of stayed there. Obviously it's Ish, not, yeah. 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 It, it's like basically if, you know, people of my dad's generation can name like a reggae artist. I figure, okay, <laughs> like if my dad understands Bob Marley makes, you know, reggae, then reggae is part of culture because my dad didn't listen to reggae. But so it's like, it's one of those things. Like, I think it's and there occasionally there's reggae songs that sort of break through and stuff like that. Um, so I just, I've always, I don't know, I, I'm very perplexed by 
why it... I mean, I know some of the reasons, especially from 90s ska punk stuff, it became sort of overly uh, goofy, um, and that was sort of its own kick in its own butt. But mm-hmm. um, but I've always just been perplexed by why it can't sort of find, like, just that it's just a style of music that exists within, you know, the lexicon. And, of course, like, yeah, trust me, there are plenty of pop artists that are disposable and stuff like that, and... But they're, they're also, like, you know, even though I'm not a huge fan of her stuff, but, you know, Billie Eilish breaks through and comes across in some sense of being just a, an artist, but also is really creative and, you know, is kind of doing her own thing, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't sort of fit, but fits into that mold, but also doesn't. So, yeah. um, uh, so of course, I, you know, and, you know, bands like Foo Fighters and, you know, holding up you know, the rock end and just, so I was just always like perplexed why, um, maybe we just have to like, I, I honestly feel if there's a little bit more with, I think this time around if ska kind of rises up just a little bit more. I kind of feel personally that it'll, it'll find its happy space. It'll find where it's still, even if you talk to people from Jamaica I, I feel like there's a feeling of we got it right with reggae. Like that, that like, ska, <laughs> that ska was like, sort of like it got like, there's a reason why Mento and Calypso is sort of like eh, antiquated. Not, yeah. I mean, people know about it, but there's yeah. like this vibrant scene. Right. Yeah. Ska was sort of like that stepping stone. And then rock steady happened. And then they, I feel like they really, found like a groove in the 70s sure where they're like this is what here we, we go yeah. yeah it was yeah. this sort of build up and that and i think a lot of people would agree that like something about reggae connects with most people's vibe yeah um yeah something but, in that I mean, rhythm it's just it's yeah a little bit more... I, love, I love reggae too i mean reggae is a, a i love playing reggae i love listening to reggae right but um I don't necessarily prefer it over ska. There's something I have. I have a disease. I <laughs> I I love ska. It's it's, uh, yeah. it's it's something that I've caught, and I'm not. It's I'm not. I'm never going to get rid of it. So yeah, I, I'm not looking for a cure for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But there are people I that don't have a get disease, it. and it's the cure is more ska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, and awesome. that—that's a very for me. It's been a very expensive illness, <laughs> but but I uh, but I definitely definitely uh, wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world, you know. So awesome, yeah, and and I think of anything if you know sky starts you know climbing a little bit more in popularity, and I've said this time and time again. I don't care because that means my favorite people might be getting paid a bit more, <laughs> you know, yeah. and yeah. by favorite people, I mean the sky musicians that make this wonderful music that I love. Yeah. Right. So that that's the only thing I ever hope for, for it, like getting sure. a little more popular because, you know, y'all deserve to eat a nice steak dinner yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and I, I feel like there, there has been some really good momentum and I know a lot of people, there are people that talk in waves and there are people that are like, ah, forget, stop, stop with the waves. Yeah. 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 But um, I definitely felt like there was a resurgence happening, especially in the last couple of years, that I feel like is still going to uh, 
ride high. I mean, the interrupters, I think, are really pushing that. Um, you know, they're playing in arenas with Green Day. They're gaining mm -hmm. fans. They're getting more name recognition for people that don't necessarily know about that style. Maybe they're younger and they don't know about the whole history. Yep. It's just kind of like there are many doors to ska. Sure. And yeah. whatever door you're opening from whatever direction it is, is a yeah. good thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, you're going to end up in the same big room, which is, which is what we want. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, before we head out, we, of course, are going to do our ska picks of the week. Aton, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? All right. Well, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to pick <laughs> the, the other song that uh, just got released on the on the B side of the Malcolm X uh, vinyl, the 45, and it's called Skaba. All right, let's check it out. nice groove to it yeah, yeah like that you guys killed that one yeah, yeah it's a bossa stop bossa nova <laughs> awesome all right uh, my ska pick i am not gonna tell you the name of the artist oh okay um, i will tell you uh the name of the song and you know once we play the song um because uh, oh you want me to guess who it is once you play it yes you're playing a game. Ooh, Matt's playing a game <laughs> with his ska game. pick. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure this ska pick will uh, anger some people. But this song is called Make It Mine. Dreamer is the real you. Listen to your voice, the one that tells you to taste past the tip of your tongue. Leaping the net will appear. Anton has an answer, but I really want. Hold on, I really want to know what RJ thinks. RJ, do you know who it is? I absolutely know who this is. Come on, man! I pay attention <laughs> to stuff. I know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> let's let's let Aton put it down. What he Aton. thinks it is. Jason Mraz. Yes. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I w I wasn't sure because like, um, 
I wasn't sure because RJ, you were kind of grooving to it. And I remember I was, a few weeks ago, I was going to make a Jason Mraz joke in the intro. And you're like, no, let's not hype that thing up. <laughs> I don't mind playing the song. But I'm oh. just like, I don't think he's important enough to be our intro joke. That's, you know, the one oh, okay. ska song. Okay. Like, come on. I'd much rather like make a joke with the interrupters or mustard plug or sure, a band sure, like sure. that, you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know what? Honestly, I was just listening to it as like, this is pretty good. Like, I, I know in the past, in the early days, I, I actually did like some of Jason Mraz's stuff. And I was like, this is pretty good. And the EP that it's off of is actually kind of nice. But, so, but you know what he did, though? I mean, he, he he has a great voice, which is, you can't you can't deny that. Yeah. Right. The reason why he's, he's where he's at. But he did the right thing by getting musicians that know the music right. to back him up. Right. So... I don't know if everybody knows like the, the backing band, but it's essentially the expanders and the agrolytes had a baby. Oh, really? And it's, it's those guys. Oh, wow. So Roger Revis is playing organ. Yeah. Um, and the, the, I mean, I know Cheeky's just recorded with them. Um, also the drummer, um, the drummer from the expanders. There, there's a bunch of guys in there that know, I think even Kevin Bachelor from the Scottalites, I think might be on some stuff. I mean, he he got musicians that know know the music, so right. it's legit from every direction. Wow! So, and he's got a good voice, so right, right. he's yeah, doing yeah. It right. He's got he's got. <laughs> the, he, there's no limit to what he's able to do, so it's just a matter of calling, saying yeah. like, yeah. "Can can you be there?" And they'll go, "Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll be there." Right. So, right. yeah. All right, RJ, why don't you tell us about your well, okay. now I feel dumb because uh, I picked a Scott Punk song and nobody else is playing Scott Punk today. And now uh, <laughs> well, I feel like we the, oh, man, I, I'm usually not the Scott Punk guy either. But uh, we changed it. Uh, you know, it, I, I, I always go back to Midwest. I always go back to Dan Pothast. So we're playing some ME330. The name of the song is uh, Raw Fish off their album Ultra Panic. All right, let's check it out. Matthew, I think you keep up the wrong song. No, this is this, this is it, right? I, man, this has horns in it. This is not a yeah, song. it's a small song. It's it's got horns, right? It's an upbeat. Is there a duty 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 duty? I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Disney's gonna sue us. Did I oh, play? that's a long been a long time coming. Uh, yeah, and I played more than 15 seconds of it. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, the worst. They're going to really sue us. Unfortunately, we're not. I, I mean, fortunately, we are not popular enough for them to care or notice. So lucky us. Don't think if they really want to, they mad. They, <laughs> they, they, they even take that into account. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is RJ's real pick. Raw Fish by MU330. Oh, 
Ah, RJ. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. It's a topical pick because they do mention, you know, barbecuing and uh, some yeah. ugly Americanism. And we're coming right up to 4th of July. Yeah. So I thought, what a better song than that one. I mean, it's no Star Wars theme song, but, you know. You know, not everybody can be a John Williams, dude. <laughs> That's true. I mean, what are... What? I, mean, I would count myself lucky if I, I was even half a Dan Pothast. <laughs> I can't are, even imagine even being like a tenth of a John Williams. What are we going to do for awesome movies when John William dies? John Williams. Oh, when, when we don't have Elfman's, we don't have Williams's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when yes. they're all done, are, are, do we just stop making movies? <laughs> like, if we're just done? <laughs> oh, I don't know. We we, we got to get some of our boys up there. I think uh, we could get uh, Eric Dano. I think we get him to start writing scores. I think he's up for it. I yeah. think we get Aton here to start doing movie scores. Yeah, I I'm just. Yeah, I, I, he's I, even in LA, man. Come on. Oh, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Did uh Yeah, and maybe uh, you can end up in a Star Wars movie like uh, John Williams did one time. And it was (laughs) it was such like a forced like thing. It was like we're gonna stop the entire movie and close up on him. And I'm like, all right, I guess he deserves it. Nine (laughs) nine films (laughs) and countless countless others. The soundtrack to my movie love. So, all right. Um, Anton, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, where can people find out about, uh, Western Standard Time, uh, Scott or- Orchestra online? Uh, well, we've got uh, an Instagram account that we, we are probably the best at updating. Um, so that's W-S-T-S-K-A. That's our handle. Um, and then we're also on Facebook still. Um, uh, we have a a page of our own there, yeah. um, Western Standard Time. And then um, our website is fairly updated, especially on the merch side. So if you're looking for like new music that's available, uh, new vinyl, uh, we still have just a few copies of our first vinyl um, from from the last pressing. Uh, we have some, some vinyl twos and then also all these 45s and the new LP will also be available there. We have a few spots throughout the world that also distribute our stuff. But if you go to WSTSKA.com, that's where you would find um, most of the news and especially all the merch stuff. And that that's the best way to support the band, obviously coming and buying a ticket to a show uh, also, but uh, that's a great way if you're like, you know, live in, in India or, or <laughs> Europe or, yeah. you know, Argentina, you can go on our website and support us that way. Awesome. And of course, we'll put the links to all that uh, uh, in our show notes, Um, assuming your podcast app allows for that. Otherwise, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you wrote down everything he said. All right. Thank you so much. WSTSKA is is, is, just remember that part. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Aton. Hey, guys, I had a, a... a blast talking with you guys. I don't get to talk <laughs> ska with people very often, especially the last year and a half. So this was a real, real fun, fun time. All right. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, listeners, we are taking a break uh, for the 4th of July. And because, well, if we go too many in a row with these things, I go insane uh, and then start forgetting to say yeah matt, matt does all the editing and all the back end work <laughs> i just show up and look pretty right. and say a few funny things right. so this is when he's like i need a break i'm like take it buddy yeah 
so um, so we'll take be taking a week off, and we'll be back the week after that uh, with an all-new episode. So thank you for listening, and until next time, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash ontheupbeatska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat.